0: This is a SJC Radio production. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a
1: it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. Welcome to episode 3, we think it's episode 3, apparently it's series 6, it's our 6th, it is, it's our 6th. We've been saying 7 haven't we? Oh, no, Tom Russell assures me it's season 6, which does make sense, we started in the autumn term of last year and it's definitely, we are right. It is definitely season six. Uh, this time, I'll try and get the maths right. Because last time I sort of... I could, we learnt I couldn't count properly, basically. Um, never mind. <clears throat> so, um, we'll start off with news. I've got some news. What's well, more like gossip than news. Should I go first? Go on That's the MotoGP gossip. Uh, we talked last week about Suzuki uh, leaving MotoGP at the end of the year. Uh, the gossip is that Mía is going to replace Paulus Spagaro at Honda. Like him? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll find a, a ride somewhere else. But uh, that's 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 the sort of latest paddock gossip. Anything from the world of Formula One?
2: Yes. Um, o- o- O-Mars 18 hours ago, Otmar Saffner says he has. Otmar con- um, Saffner, Sorry. Ottmar has confirmed Alpine could begin discussions with Fernando Alonso contract discussions after the British GP. That's
0: particularly exciting, is it? Because no, he races for so Alpine.
2: I think that's really, that's really, really odd. I thought, I thought Alonso is retire, but He's not as it's, as
0: that means. Yeah, because he's getting on a bit, isn't he? I would, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how long Liz Hamilton has left in his contract. I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton retires in this year. I think he will. Oh, no,
2: I... yes, to 26. Right. No, not 26, sorry. I'm sure, 23. I'm
0: sure there's some escape clause, but I, I, I bet he was kicking himself he didn't retire at the end of last year. Right, Will, have you got anything there? Don't worry if you haven't. Let's move on. Right, race support. So uh, Miami, I, I, I did watch the highlights. It didn't really grip me very much. So uh, I know the result for Stappen-Leclerc sign. So Finn, over to you, your thoughts and feelings give it a two Okay.
2: because there was lots of battles but there was lots of battles that didn't happen. Right. You see what I mean? So like there's lots of battles that just pitted out after a few laps and just stopped. Right. Because it's not, they were battling. It's a bit like Monaco. They're battling, but there's not a corner you can overtake on.
0: Really? I thought there wasn't an issue with overtaking there. No, there long, straight DRS. Exactly,
2: but it's just a DRS overtaking. That's
0: just a well, disappointing. Well, in all fairness, um, I would say 99% of overtakes in Formula 1 are on our
2: DRS. DRS. Martin Bundle are.
0: used the term. He was hoping there'd be more what we call organic overtaking, i.e. non-DRS assisted. But it seems to, seems to me that, that all overtakes are DRS. Uh-huh. And that probably explains, we said this a hundred times before, DRS means you overtake and that's the end of the battle. I like people struggling lap after lap after lap to kind of have a go and and then when they get by, the, the person they've overtaken might be able to get straight back at them and that's what we lack like today in Formula One, battles, battles, that's it, battles, we just have DRS overtakes and goodbye um, and that's it.
2: There were lots the, the battles that you did see were just another car driving behind another car and then to overtake them in the DRS zone, then the other car to overtake them again in the DRS zone. Uh, I don't like that.
0: I don't that's all a bit. And, but
2: after the safety car it was quite interesting because there was there was a bunch of people paying for softs and then there were Paris on mediums and then there was Paris trying to pass lights anyway for like a huge dive and it didn't, didn't
0: we're gonna have to pause there, Finn, because your mum's just walked in. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um I have an
2: important announcement. Finn
1: is supposed to be in some meeting for four captains. Right, oh, well. Finn,
0: that sounds very important. You you, you said your bit Finn. <sighs> right. We'll catch oh, up on. later. What <laughs> right, goes over to Will then. Uh, Will, your thoughts. Uh,
1: I'm gonna uh, give it a three out
0: of five. Okay. Because
1: I think I, I expected it to be not very good i mm. expected to probably be like a one just looking okay. at the track yeah. layout but i was quite i was yeah I, I actually quite enjoyed it i mean the it was it was lit it was not very good but then the safety car came out and then that was when it got i thought maybe it would have been like a red bull double podium mm. or well it's, it was a ferrari double podium but I was hoping Paris would be able to get past signs, but I mean, didn't happen. Where right did Paris finish in the end? A uh, fourth. A uh, fourth. Okay. He Yeah, he went for the dive and then got uh, the back.
0: Oh, I think and, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he just
1: went too deep.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I'll tell you what the crowd seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, there's really lots good. of excitement when there was uh, overtakes. Now you mentioned the track. You said you expected to give it a one because you didn't like the look of the track layout. I I have to say I was hugely impressed with the track. I thought it was excellent. Lots of fast corners, lots of overtaking, well lots. There were long straights in which you could overtake, lots of fast curves, lots of fast corners, and also some tighter corners being a street circuit, there need to be tighter corners. I thought the circuit was excellent. I just you- thought
1: it was not there, was just that obviously the only overtaking would be on the straights. But yeah. then for if you have if you have like a really good qualifying session, yeah. and then someone's just like a little bit behind you and they're just in a fast car on the straights, it does it doesn't require skill no. to be good on the straights. I know. You just have a good this, car. This, we're harking
0: back to the same old issue, aren't we? Of overtaking is too easy with DRS. Going back to your point about long places to overtake, I'd argue there are more places to overtake in Miami than there are at Imola. You know, where there's just the one place, the entry into San Well, I'll tell you what I did like about the circuit as well, uh, besides the actual layout. I like the fact that it, it had character, albeit artificial character. So they had an artificial marina, uh, they had an artificial beach. I quite like that. It just looked good on television. I also, what I really like the fact is that runner areas were painted blue, because for me, nothing. Um, Nothing looks worse than vast air expanses of tarmac. I, I don't like that at all. So on television, visually, the track looks really exciting. Now, the reality is probably somewhat different because there was an article in today's Mail uh, talking about how the fans who attended the race weren't terribly happy. They described it as being a bit tacky and a bit costly. Guess how much the cheapest tickets were to get into the Grand Prix? And this is probably on the Friday so,
1: on the In dollars.
0: Yeah. 150 oh, $800. And if you wanted to, that beach, the Hard Rock Beach Club, how much do you reckon it would cost to go a ticket for that? Well,
1: I reckon more.
0: Well, minimum price, minimum.
1: $1,000?
0: Mm. But there were reports of tickets costing £11,000 to get into those areas. And I think one of the criticisms for spectators is that those areas were full of... I don't know, YouTubers, Instagrammers, people who aren't really interested in the sports at all. Uh, but.
1: That's what I mean because Miami is, it, it's Miami. It's very, it's, it's,
0: it's a place where I think YouTubers and Instagrammers influence it influencers. Yeah, because
1: it's uh, Florida. Yeah. So it's very heavily.
0: The weather's nice. Yeah. Heavy. But from from, from, from watching it on television, I just thought it, I just thought it all looked very good. The reality is probably a little bit different, but I thought it looked good. The race didn't really. I watched the highlights, okay, I knew the result, it didn't really hold my attention, um, but that's probably more Formula 1 than the actual uh, venue itself. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to, uh, well, the, the, what was the big race of the weekend?
1: Yeah, you went to Spa. I went to Spa
0: for the round two of the WEC, the WEC. I'll give you my little brief report. Okay. So um, it was an incident packed uh, six hours, uh, mainly because of the weather. Um, we had three red flags, so that's when the cars stop on the grid and there's no racing. We had lots of full course yellows. I don't think we got more than three hours of racing in total out of the six, but those three hours, lots and lots of uh, good racing in those three hours. In the first hour, the Glickenhaus uh, was on pole. Actually, it took the lead. It was eventually chased down by the two Toyotas. By the way, Toyotas were cars that I didn't particularly like much before the weekend, but seeing them in the flesh and hearing the sound of their engines, I really like Toyotas now. Um, one thing I forgot to do: one of my jobs was to do a recording of the, of the cars. I forgot to do that. I think it was maybe all the I don't know, the rain got into my brain or something. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so a lot, lots of really good racing, uh, there's a very good finish to the GTE Pro class. You had uh, so the factory Porsche, factory Ferrari, um, battling literally to the finish line, that was really good. Um, yeah, it was just a shame that we didn't get more racing. We were lucky in a sense, we had the first hour dry, then probably the next three hours wet, uh, and then with the last two hours dry. It was better that way. What would have been? What would have been worse? Had we had the last three hours wet, and it was wet throughout the evening and night because I had camps, I yeah. mean, And, the, and the, the evening camping was lovely. Uh, the weather was lovely. So we were quite lucky that the rain did stop before the end of the race. We got two hours racing at the end. Um, you showed
1: me a video of like uh, the car that you think looked really nice. Where did they come?
0: Uh, was that the House, or was that Toyota? I don't know, I it
1: was the one where you had like... Oh, no, Oh yes, yes yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. That, that was the, um, I think it's the Inter-Europol or Euro Interpol, I always get that modelled around. Uh, that was one of the P2 cars, that lovely asymmetrical light green and yellow yeah. colour scheme. That crashed and we saw it crash. Oh, oh yeah, you did. We, we, no. we saw it crash. I think it was um, Alex Rundle, Martin Rundle's son, was, was driving at the time. Uh, it was on the run down from, they call it Speaker's Corner after the... Rivage hairpin down to Poumont, downhill. Well, that was a river. During the heavy rain, that was a bit of a river. And there were lots and lots of crashes at that section of the track. And then we did see Brundle hit the barriers. Because the trouble is, because the barriers were damaged, they have to repair the barriers, which takes a lot of time, which means you have another red flag.
1: So was
0: it a big crash? Um, not really. But but any sort of contact with the barrier when you're there is going to be, oh gosh, that that's... Wow, um, on television it wouldn't look terribly big, but when you're there and seeing it, you know, in the flesh for real, it is quite quite a big impact. Um, yeah, uh, moving on. So uh, you're, you're going to any questions about the whole sort of uh, going to spa experience?
1: Yeah. So was the like the journey there nice? Oh, excellent
0: question. So the good thing about spa, uh, actually, we, we, we took the shuttle. It takes about four hours to get from Calais to Spa. Uh, so you want to about five hours you only a couple of stops on route. So it's very accessible. So a four hour journey there. So we actually missed our out, outbound um, train. Uh, we got the, I think the 6.20 in the end, but we got there by about 12 o'clock an hour before the race started, which was perfect. So I had time to go into the paddock, you know, buy a few things, um,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, the campsite? Campsite was excellent. Now this wasn't the circuit campsite, it was Camping au Rouge, which is a short drive from the circuit. Probably the most civilised campsite I've ever been to. Really? Really, really nice. A lovely place. Anybody goes to Spa-Francorchamps for a race, strongly recommend Camping au Rouge. Um, Really nice campsite. Now some tips if you're ever going to spa. Tip number one is ignore the forecast. Uh, Always take a waterproof, because the forecast for Saturday was actually quite good. Yeah, the race on Saturday. Forecast was overcast, and the possibility of some light showers probably early evening. Well, that was completely wrong, because it was heavy rain for most of the race. So always take, regardless of the forecast, you've got to take waterproof. I mean, I've been to Spa. I think that's my eighth time. Uh, More often than not, it's wet. I have been there a couple of times where the weather's been absolutely stunning. But chances are it will rain. It can be lovely weather in the rest of Belgium, but it can at the same time it can be pouring down at, at Spa. They are dense and the weather is notoriously fickle there.
1: What are your thoughts on the actual track?
0: Oh, that's an excellent question. So of course the track's amazing. Now, are you aware they've made some changes? Not actually to the layout. The actual white lines of the track haven't been altered at all, but they made big, big changes to the runoff areas. So what they've done is a lot of the um, rather unsightly tarmac runoffs which I mentioned earlier I don't like have been replaced with sand traps which I really like. Um, So the circuit I think looks better. Big changes at Eau Rouge that they had to expand the runoff because you're getting a lot of what we call secondary crashes where Cars were hitting the barriers and then being then bouncing back onto the track and then being hit by other cars.
1: Like the Formula Woman. Yes, a-
0: absolutely. That like that. Yeah, that was just a good good example, Will. So they they greatly increased the runoff, which they had to do, they've done a really good job. They've installed, they've built this incredible grandstand at Rouge. So I went into this new grandstand that was really, really impressive. So um for the the improvements, the safety improvements for me get a big thumbs up because also the circuit is more challenging for the drivers because now if you go off you're in a sand trap. You, you, you can't really afford to go off in the past yeah. if you went off the track at Pumont it didn't really matter because you just drive straight on now if you go off at Pumont chances are you'll, you'll end up in a, in a sand trap. and I guess the downside of that is you get a few more full course yellows because they have to drag the car out of the of the gravel yeah, that means you have to get it's very easy to
1: go off yeah
0: because
1: if you just you could just slightly go too fast. And well,
0: the beauty of this, wheel is that it separates the, the good drivers from the average drivers. So your average driver, well, the good drivers will know where the edge is and won't go beyond that edge. Um, whereas before, when you had the big time, that big tarmac runoff, you could go over the edge, sail off the track, then get back onto the circuit. Now you can't afford to do that. You have to know where the edge is. So actually, I think it benefits the more skillful drivers, so big thumbs up. Really enjoyed the weekend. Um, definitely going back next year because next year we've got factory Ferrari, factory Peugeot, factory Porsche. There was a big crowd as far of the weekend. Next year, it's going to be there's going to be a huge crowd. Um, excellent. We'll move on, we'll move on now, Will, to the all important points table. Uh, positions there has been some changes because Ed and Joe, being year 11s and sort of coming to the end of their, not, not necessarily their time at St. John's, but today today is their last yeah. day, so um, they haven't been available for the recording sessions because they've been busy with the of course. Finn remains top, he scored 25 points, he correctly predicted Verstappen to win, he's on 195, now I sort of leap up to second place, because I got Verstappen to win and Le- Leclerc second, so I top scored with 50 points, so I'm on 145. Ed is third on 125. Joe is, is on 100. Uh, now Max, he did put his predictions in, but he, I got his predictions on Saturday after the qualifying. No, I can't. Ask. And I so I give him half points. So I've taken 20. So I've taken some points off him. So he's tied with Joe on 100. I, I have warned him of that. Don't give me predictions after qualifying. That's cheating a little bit. But he knows now. Will, you did pretty well. You had Verstappen to win, but you put Leclerc in third. That got you 35 points. So you've pretty much caught up. You're on 70 points. You've pretty much caught up with Max and Joe. So you are in. You are in. Well, you're in the battle, really. Uh, You're not a million miles off of me. I'm not a million miles off Finn. So it's also playful on that subject this weekend it's the micro GP from Le Mans. Now you told me you'd be doing some research on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, okay, so I'll ask Finn his predictions later. I am hoping to make inroads into Finn's lead. So, Will, uh, your prediction for first place?
1: Uh, Bastianini to win. Okay. Quotteraro to come second, and yeah. Zarco third.
0: My thoughts on that, I think Interesting. I think Quattuaro is a, that's a very good prediction. I think he might win, or he might come second. Bastianini, his Ducati is a 2021 bike, and the last race we had, Bagnaya, that was the first win for the new 22 Ducati, and the commentators were saying they think that might have been a crossover point where the 2022 Ducati now is perhaps more competitive than the 2021 bike. So we might, I'm not saying this is going to happen, you know, Bastianini might sort of fall back a bit, but it's still a very good prediction because he's... I
1: think he's going to try and bounce back from his earlier wins.
0: Okay, and okay. And it's... He either wins or comes 12th. is um, an interesting one. He's an interesting one. Yeah, that is. Of he's French. Yes. Oh, sorry. Quattro and Zarco are both French. Yeah. Right, I and understand. they are going it. to want to win their home. You are right. I, I mean, Zarco, that is a very good prediction. That leads me on to my predictions. I'm going for a Quattroiro win. Now, the big question is, I'm going to go back Naya for second because we think that that 22 bike is now now sorted and competitive. And I might have to follow you with Zarco for third place. I think, yeah, I wouldn't have said Zarco, Will. I wouldn't have said it.
1: I looked at yeah. last year's race
0: as well and he came second. Yeah, way. and actually, in his debut season a few years ago, he was on pole and was leading and crashed. So, Zarco does tend to go well at Le Mans. We'll have to wait for Finn's predictions a little bit later on. There, there are some other motorsport this weekend. We've got... Uh, do you follow Formula E at all? No, I don't know. And, uh, I, 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 I don't watch it, but um, my, my brother's very keen on it. That's from Berlin. There is... Do you know what IMSA is, Will? No. IMSA is the American equivalent of the the WEC. Uh, that's the Mid Ohio, really good racetrack, Mid Ohio. Um, I, I, if, if if I can watch it, uh, I have some issues sometimes with my. Is it what are these things called? Are these called servers? These internet servers? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes
1: yeah. my web browsers.
0: Web browsers. That's right. So some web browsers on my laptop won't. Won't pick up the MC coverage and some will, so I'll, I'll play around a bit probably on Sunday evening trying to find coverage of that. I'm uh, going to make a prediction here that that'll be a win for one of the Acuras, they always go well a bit higher. There's also GT World Challenge from Magni Core, I think that's the round after the Brands Hatch round, which was a couple of weeks ago. They raced at Brands Hatch, but it's in Rossi, and if you're aware, it races in the uh, GT World Challenge series. So there's some other racing on this weekend besides GP. I think well that might wrap it up. We were going to quiz Finn on his Finn's been learning off by heart all the world champions. Oh And yes, he's very he's, keen that we would test him on that he's today. He told
1: me a lot. He, we I remember when I like when I went to his house, uh, okay. we were uh, we were doing that, and like I could get up to like. I could get up to 80, 82. Right, okay, I'm going to pause oh, there. No. Right, okay, well, I'm
0: putting you on the spot then. Okay. Oh, God, okay. So are you good on the 70s and 80s?
1: I don't, I can't do, I can go backwards. Okay. 21, down.
0: You mentioned, what you mentioned up to 82 then?
1: I think I can go, I think I can go to tw- oh, down. Oh, you can to go 22. back to 82. I think I can
0: okay. go back to 82, I, okay. maybe. Okay, I'll ask you, okay. Who won the 82 World Championship? Um you could always pass. I'll give you a clue. His uh, his son also raced in Formula One and was a world champion.
1: Careful. Is the right
0: answer. I'm gonna to jump to eighty-five. Any thoughts about eighty five? Do you want
1: to have
0: a wild guess? PK? That's a really good guess actually. No, no it was it was Alan Prost actually. That's a really good I'm gonna jump forward a bit more. Let's go to two thousand and nine. Yes, that, that yes, that was a remarkable year, two thousand and nine. And let's have one more year. Uh, what if I go for twenty fourteen?
1: Uh, Hamilton. Vettel was twenty ten to thirteen. Oh yes, Hamilton you, you 14, are right. 15, I just wasn't 15. sure it was Rosberg was sixteen, oh. and then Hamilton was up to twenty,
0: and then Max. Well, your knowledge of World champions from 20, 2000s. It's probably better than mine, because um, my knowledge is very much. Ask me one from the 80s, Will, just to finish 80s. off. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: 89. That's
0: a very good question. 89. It's a very good question, Will. That was that was Alan Prost. That was, it definitely was Alan Prost, yeah, it was, they had that clash at Suzuka in 89, and that might have sealed the championship, it was definitely, yes, and it was centre in, center in 88, Prost in 89, centre in 90, phew, excellent. I'm, I'm actually stronger on the earlier 80s, but uh, I think I do rather well there, excellent, well, on that note, I think we'll call it a day there, the bell's just gone for lunch, do you like curry? I do actually. Excellent. Well, you're in for a treat at lunchtime then. Well, until next week, it's goodbye. Goodbye. This was an SJC radio production. The presenters were Mr. Bird, Will, and Finn, the editor, Mr. Bird, and the producer, Tom Russell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pitstock with Mr. Bird.